Real Presence Live. That which is beautiful will manifest itself in truth and in goodness. Local. The challenges that we're facing in our generation, we just need the gospel. I mean, every every culture, every generation just needs to know how the gospel applies. Engaging. We don't bring any life at all to the church. The church is, is the life. It gives us the life. Live. The reality is, He is all things beautiful, capital B. And so anything that is authentically beautiful draws us, even if we don't realize it, to God. Good morning. Thank you for joining us on Real Presence Live. I'm Teresa Curley. And I'm Heather Carroll. And we're broadcasting live from the Abbey of the Hills in beautiful, is it? Marvin. The, Marvin. Okay. I get confused between Millbank and Marvin because yeah. they're really close together. It is. But in South Dakota. South Dakota. This frosty Monday day. Yeah. It is a cold Monday morning and it was a nice drive though. It was. It could have been worse. Yes. And I'm very thankful that I was not driving. <laughs> I think we were both thankful for that. Yeah. So today is a really cool feast day. So, Teresa, why don't you start us off with prayer? Awesome. Well, it's a feast day of St. Anthony. And I was trying to find a prayer that would, like, a good prayer to St. Anthony, but they're the only ones with petitions. And so I For lost things? For lost things, which, I mean, (laughs) I do need. (laughs) But we have Our Lady, and so we can honor St. Anthony by praying the Memorare. There we go. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Remember, O most gracious Virgin Mary, that never was it known that anyone who fled to thy protection, implored thy help, or sought thy intercession was left unaided. Inspired by this confidence, I fly unto thee, O Virgin of Virgins, my Mother. To thee do we come, before thee I stand, sinful and sorrowful. O Mother of the Word incarnate, despise not my petitions, but in thy mercy hear and answer me. Amen. Amen. St. Anthony. Pray for us. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. All right. So I'm only going to be on here for a little bit, Teresa. What? I know. So Deacon Paul Trinan is usually the co-host when we're up here at the Abbey of the Hills, but he is doing a communion service, and so he's like, I know I'm going to be two minutes late, and so start without me, but I will fly in as soon as I get there. (laughs) So I'm like, okay, well, I'll just go on with Teresa until you get here. So that's kind of what we're doing, but I'm excited for today's show. I am. I'm really excited for our first guest. Yes, so am I. So... Special treat. (laughs) Uh, My brother is on the line. Good morning, Connor. Hey, good morning, Teresa. How's it going? Good. How are you? I'm fantastic. I'm a young man who hasn't been home for a while, and I am snowed into my house with my wife. So, like, I'm living the dream. This is the actual (laughs) dream this time. That's awesome. Well, Connor, tell us a little bit about yourself. Where are you at, and uh, what do you do for a living? Oh, yeah. So, right now, I am in... I live with my wife in uh, right outside of Akron, Ohio. Um, we have been married for about three years. Um, I am working human resources slash maintenance for a small packaging company, family-owned business here in Cleveland, uh, Joseph T. Snyder Industries, uh, for all your packing needs. <laughs> 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 a little bit of free advertising there. No. Um, yeah, so uh, so so that's me. We've been married for three years. Uh, before that, she and I both graduated from Magdalene College of the Liberal Arts in Warner, New Hampshire. Uh, she got a degree in literature. I'm a philosopher. Wow, philosophy. Huh. 
Fancy. So, yeah. you're Teresa's brother. Can you share us any embarrassing stories about Teresa live on the air? This is why I don't let my family on. <laughs> uh, so, yes, I can share embarrassing stories. Yay! No, I can't share them on the air. <laughs> <laughs> I love Thank it. Thank you. I am proud. Uh, I am proud so of politically brother. correct. <laughs> That's Connor. <laughs> I love it. Well, we're excited to have you on because you just returned home. So when you say you're enjoying being home, you literally mean that. So tell us about uh, why you just returned home. Yeah. So um, I, I about uh, two years ago, I joined the Ohio Army National Guard. Um, I shipped away from basic for basic training in January of 2020 before COVID. Um, and really was on military duty, like, from that time up until about two months ago when I returned home. Um, uh-huh. First, I was away for basic training. Then I was activated for the COVID response mission. Um, then I was home for about two weeks, in which time my wife and I bought a house. And then I was deployed for 13 months down on the uh, United States-Mexico border in Texas. Oh, wow. Interesting. Yeah. So- yeah, yeah. So it's uh, it's it, it's been a long haul, but I'm I am uh, very excited to be home. So. so when you make a commitment like that, how long is the commitment for? So I'm enlisted. I'm on the enlisted side. So it's um instead of commissioning in, you sign a contract. Um, contracts can run anywhere from like two to six years. Uh, mine is six years. So oh, I wow. still have I still have a little bit of time left um to serve, but. Uh, but it doesn't look like there's any activations in store for me personally right now. Although, keep keep National Guardsmen in your prayer. You know, they're being activated all across the nation right now. So, uh-huh. so you never know when the call might come in? You you never know when the call might come in. You know, we uh, when called, we do stand ready with uh, with ready units. You know, we're the true Minutemen. But, uh, but, like I said, like for me right now, it looks like I'll be home for a while. So that's nice. That's nice. That's interesting. So... We wanted to have you on today because you're also a very faithful Catholic. Um, can you talk a little bit about how you're able to still live your faith while being deployed? Uh, sure, yes, ma'am. So, uh, so while we were while we were deployed, we were running a uh, 24-hour operation security mission, um, and I was on day shift. So, unfortunately, what that meant was. Um, opportunities for the sacraments for me while in general they were open you know if you were off if you weren't if you weren't working you know there was nothing keeping you from the sacraments my my line of duty more often than not coincided with the time that sacraments were available so i wasn't i wasn't able to get sacraments many times um which is which is unfortunate so without the sacraments it was it was a little tough but um, you know, they say absence makes the heart grow fonder. Um, the absence of the sacraments really brought home to me exactly what it is they do, what um, mm-hmm. what graces, what sacramental graces come from receiving the sacraments, um, and really drove me to a deeper devotion through reading St. Augustine, um, praying the rosary every day, live-streaming the Mass when the Internet wasn't so spotty that I would actually support <laughs> a mm-hmm. video. Um um, and then really talking about my faith, sharing it. I was one of the only Catholics down there. Not the only, but definitely one of the only. Um, but there were a couple of other staunch Christians, our uh, Protestant brothers and sisters down there. So I was able to share my own faith with them. Um, and 
like really uh, it, it, it's hard for a non-Catholic to understand, you know, why it's mm-hmm. so hard when you can't go to church, you know? It, it's yeah. just church, right? They don't have, they don't have the, the Eucharist, you know? But to be able to share, like, really the truth of what I believe and why it was so hard, why I lamented not having sacraments very much, um, really did bring, bring that home to me. Um, uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, on, on an average... Um, would you make it to Sunday Mass normally or not really? Um, just before coming home in the past 13 months, I made it to Sunday Mass five times. No kidding. Wow. Yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. And it's, it's, it's actually funny because uh, two of them were in Advent and three of them were in Lent right before Easter. So because of that, you know, I got back again right during Advent. So masses, we don't sing the Gloria during during that um, during Advent and Lent. So when I get back, you know, I was in the middle of Advent, so it was nice. I got to spend Christmas and Thanksgiving with my wife. Um, and uh, but mass, they didn't have the Gloria. So then Christmas comes, they're singing the Gloria, and I suddenly realized that I did not know the tune. I could not sing the Gloria because I hadn't heard it. For so long, I just completely forgot that, oh, that's something that we do on a normal Sunday. Because <laughs> <laughs> it had been so long. Right, absolutely. Yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. Well, but, Deacon but they're Paul always coming out with big tunes anyhow, so... <laughs> well, Deacon Paul Trinan just sat down and joined us. And, Deacon, we're talking with Teresa's brother, Connor Curley. Older brother or younger Older. brother? Older. Older. In yeah. many ways. <laughs> well, welcome aboard. Welcome aboard, Connor. What branch of the military are you in? I am the Ohio Army National Guard. Wow. Well, thanks for your service. We really, really, really appreciate it. And he oh, just got Thank home you from support, deployment in Texas on the border. And he's been home for two months, has a wife. He's been married for three years. I'm just kind of recapping for you what we've been talking about. Just and how he's been able to live his faith, even deployed. And you wouldn't think that being deployed in Texas would prohibit you from practicing your faith, but he only went to Mass five times the whole time he was deployed. Oh, my. And that was for how long, deployment? Uh, 13 months, Deacon. Yikes. Because it just wasn't available, or because... Yeah, so, Deacon Mass was available, um, but my particular duties, I was, we were running a 24-hour operation, my yeah. particular duties many times prohibited me from attending the sacraments. We, we kind of, we had someone on, the, the uh, one of the first times your mm-hmm. sister was on with me, and, and a local a local guy was was deployed, and he said the same thing. You know, it was available, but mm-hmm. unfortunately, his duty that he had wouldn't avail himself towards that too. So that's quite a sacrifice. Right. Quite a sacrifice. Right. Right. So, what were the? Because uh, you said you were able to share your faith with the other men. Um, how did they react when you would share your faith? Many times with surprise. Um, you know, as as Catholics, we have a, uh, how to say, I guess we have a very bad reputation of being um, formulaic, almost like, uh, almost like you know, a, a, a magic thing, you know? You, mm-hmm. you perform this ritual just right, and then if, if, if God is pleased, then we get into heaven, right? That's, that's a lot of our sure. Protestant brothers and sisters' uh, perception of what Catholics are, which anyone who is 
is Catholic and knows their faith knows that that is complete baloney, right? Um, <laughs> but to hear, but but to hear a Catholic who was willing to share their faith in an open discussion platform, I wasn't down there trying to convert anybody. Um, and it was refreshing to have conversations with people who didn't have an agenda trying to convert me. Um, but they, a lot of times, responded with surprise, because this was a version of Catholicism that they had never heard before. Um, um, you know, just hearing about uh, salvation, right? The Protestant thing is uh, justified by faith, not works, right? Whereas for a Catholic, there are works involved in our own salvation. We cooperate with God's grace for salvation. Um, but to hear someone explain that theology without boiling it down to um, almost like a point system, you need to get yeah. so many points, and then you're allowed in heaven, right? And then if you <laughs> mm-hmm. mess up, even if you're well-intentioned, you can lose your salvation. To hear a Catholic explain that theology without painting that picture, um, many times results in a surprise. So, Connor, you, so, <laughs> you're, you're a chaplain in, in the military, is that right? No. Well, I mean, the way you're going on is beautiful. I'm taking notes up here at the Abbey. Connor, way to go. That's awesome. He does have a philosophy degree. Oh, that's cool. From that's... where? Where is that from? It is from Magdalene College of the Liberal Arts in Warner, New Hampshire, Deacon. Oh, interesting. So, Ohio, New Hampshire. <laughs> He's looking at Teresa. How did you end up here? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> All over the place. Have well, you, you, you know that Teresa and I are both from South Carolina, right? I just about said South Carolina, but then I held my tongue because my memory's not always that good. So. <laughs> I did uh, know that. Teresa, yes. hopefully you weren't trying to keep that a secret. Hopefully a, a term of employment was not, no people from South Carolina can be here. So if, yeah, if it's that out was of the, the bag, case, that's the bag. Yeah. No one south of the Mason-Dixon line. <laughs> <laughs> well, if you're just tuning in, we are talking with Connor Curley, Teresa's brother, uh, who just got home a couple months ago from deployment with the National Guard. We're just chatting with his experience being Catholic and serving our great country. So um, I'm going to take a quick break. And you guys are going to join me because you have no choice. But um, I'm going to actually bow out at this time. Okay. And then it'll be Teresa and Deacon. So thank you for your service, Heather. (laughs) (laughs) We're going to take a quick break, folks. More Real Presence Live right after this. Stay with us. There's more Real Presence Live to come on the Real Presence Radio Network. Do you know a priest who has made a difference in your life or at your parish? One who has helped you through a loss, discern an important decision, or celebrated the sacraments with you and your family? Real Presence Radio would like to know about these amazing priests. Visit our website at realpresenceradio.com slash contact to nominate your priest. And each week on Real Presence Live, we will recognize one of our priests with a dozen donuts generously donated by a local business. Help us honor our fathers by nominating your priest today. Hello, this is Mike Kidrowski, Director of Advancement for Real Presence Radio with a creative gift planning tip. Have interruptions impacted your charitable giving? If you feel like you have less to give this year or are waiting until you get through these recent challenges, we want to let you know about some creative gift options that won't cost you a dime this year. 
For example, you could designate Real Presence Radio as the beneficiary of all or percentage of your IRA, or make RPR beneficiary of a percentage of your estate or specific asset. Make a bequest commitment gift this year without impacting your savings or investments. To learn more about the benefits of making a charitable bequest, please visit our plan giving website at rprlegacy.org or call me at 701-290-4503. Let's get started. Hi, I'm Carrie Dew, the Executive Director of Riverview Place in Fargo. The blessing of our foundation built on faith and our sense of fellowship strengthens our sense of safety, security, and community. This is what the region has come to rely on at Riverview Place for the past 35 years. We'd love to have you join us. Call 701-237-4700 to set up a tour today or check us out at homeishere.org. You're listening to Real Presence Live. Now, back to more inspirational and uplifting stories and a look at the extraordinary things happening in our local area. Heard right here on the RPR Network. And welcome back to Real Presence Live. I'm Teresa Curley. And I'm Deacon Paul Trine, and we're here at the Abbey of the Hills in Marvin, South Dakota, up in northeastern corner of South Dakota, where we've got lots of snow. But we're just talking to our guest, who happens to be Teresa's brother, Connor. Connor Curley just coming back from uh, service to his country in the uh, in the National Guards, and he does that through uh, the state, the border state of uh, <laughs> Ohio, and was serving down along the border um, on the southern side of the United States and the Mexican Mexican border. But Connor, you just shared during the break that you got like what seven feet of snow or something like that last night. <laughs> Hey, it might as well be. There's enough. Now we've probably got, oh, two and a half, three feet of snow at this point. Ooh, wow. baby, that's some snow there. <laughs> Good. So are you uh, are you out moving snow this morning between the uh, radio I interviews? Been. I actually stopped just in time to get a drink of water, come in here, talk to you lovely folk, and then I'm going to hit it back again. <laughs> yeah, I was doing four hours worth of that last uh, Friday, so we didn't have oh, that much. God. We only had about a, a foot of snow here, but it takes some time, doesn't it? Mm. It so, really does. It's okay, really does. so I came in on this interview a little bit late. I was serving uh, my parish early this morning with a word communion service. But So, all right, you're in the National Guard. How long have you been in the National Guard, Connor? I am coming up on my three-year anniversary, Deacon. In this, this deployment down to the border of uh, the U.S. and Mexico, was that your first deployment in those three years, or have you done this before? It was my first deployment, but not my first activation. So I was on a, um, I was on a smaller mission, a state-level mission, in response to COVID. Okay. I see. Yep, yep, yep. We had some of those around here as well. Sure. So um, just tell me if I'm, if I'm diving into too much sensitive information. Just say, I can't share that with you, that sensitive information. But, so <laughs> what was your role down there um, while, you were, while you were stationed on the border? Oh, sure. Absolutely. Yeah, I can talk a little bit about that. Um, we were uh, we were aiding the Department of Homeland Security, so Border Patrol. We were just aiding them in their mission in securing the border. So um, you know, just being being eyes and ears, being a lookout for them, helping helping them some with uh, some with maintenance of vehicles. You know, just anything to free them up so that they can do their mission. 
And you said they and you and and how how many are we talking about down there in that area? Because uh, I mean, it's just a mind-boggling kind of a, a, a concept for me to say. Okay, we're going to secure this border. When you read and you you hear all these thousands of people that are coming through at any time. I mean, how many people were you a part of or are in your section? Um. Yeah, so we had uh, it, it's a um, it's a border long mission. So we've got one of the longest international borders in the uh, in the world between uh, Mexico and the U.S. Um, so so really, we had we had uh, national guardsmen from a bunch of different states, you know, just aiding the uh, customs and border patrol down there. Their their numbers. I, I don't I don't I don't have specific numbers. I don't I don't have that information. Um, but, uh, but I, I know there was quite a number of them. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, I can't imagine how many guys, cause, and I didn't even know that. I just knew it was a large border. I didn't know that, that factoid that you shared that it's the largest, um, one of, one of, one of, not, not, not the, I think Russia has a B, but, uh, but it's definitely one of the largest right. borders. Right. So okay, now you have a family in Ohio, you and your wife, or do you have any children yet, Connor? Uh, not yet, Deacon. We've been married for three years. I've been gone for two of them, so <laughs> the math is against us at this point, Deacon. Yeah, that's good. Well, I'm not going to say some of the things I was almost going to say about <laughs> that. So you've been back for two months now, and and I'm always curious and. The experiences, you know, I'm reading a book right now that keeps keeps emphasizing that we need to see God's will in our day-to-day life. I mean, as simple as looking across and visiting with your sister this morning is God is acting in his will, right? So when you look when you look back on and you look back on those eleven months. Actually, let's even let's even take it a step before that. In the preparation for your leaving that beloved, newly, fairly newlywed spouse of yours, how was God speaking to you during that time, Connor? As you were preparing to go and, let's face it, defend your country, how was God speaking to you at that time? Oh, wow, that's actually a really good question, Deacon. Um, so I think, so I am a philosopher. I like ideals a lot. Um, I like going for what I think it's supposed to be. Um, and uh, when I first got word that I was going on deployment, <laughs> I had been home for about two weeks from basic training AIT, from which, you know, they take your phone away. You have no sort of no sort of uh, contact with your spouse because of COVID. We did not have a we did not have a. Uh, um. You know, we didn't have a graduation ceremony from basic training or AIT, so I didn't see my wife then. So just complete isolation from my wife. I got home, and about two weeks later, they said, hey, you're about to go on deployment. Mm. Um, My first thought, and, uh, and, you know, I remember telling my wife this specifically. My first thought was, this is not the life I promised you. You know, what, what, what young man goes, marries the girl of his dreams, um, and then says, hey, I'm with you for this short time, and then you know what, honey, it's been fun, but I'm going to leave you and not call you 
and then I'm going to come back for about two weeks, have a little vacation with you, just make sure that you're still sticking around, and then I'm leaving again for an even longer time, right? And that was my first thought was, this is not the life that I promised you. And, and it, was, it was really hard for me. I struggled with this a lot. Even by the time I got down to Texas, it wasn't resolved. And I remember, you know, um, I did have my phone in Texas, um, but I would call my wife and I would tell her, you know, hey, look, I'm sorry. You know, and I, it, it bugs me. Again, philosopher's mind, I go for the ideal. I know what it's supposed to be and I want to go for that. Or I, I think I know what it's supposed to be, right? But throughout all of this, I really think God brought home to me, you know, um, marriage is the sacrament of marriage. Not even going to say marriage, but the sacrament, a sacramental marriage is not the icing on the cake. It's not the cake topper. It's not, and then they live happily ever after. Yeah, right, right. So right. It, it, it's really the starting point. My, my wife, Jacqueline, is, she had the way harder job throughout all of this. She had to sit home and wait for me to come back. Um, but she now is part of my baptismal vows. I get to heaven by fulfilling my vows to Jacqueline. And that's my ticket in. Right? That's, it's not, it's not, yes, I am, I am now an adult. I have received probably the last, like, sacrament I'm going to receive until either a major life change or I die, you know? Um, I mean, obviously, I will also receive sacrament of penance and, uh, <laughs> and, um, uh, and communion, hopefully, as often as I can. But, uh, but, you know, it's, it's not, it's not the final thing. So the life that I promised her, and the life that we share is not a life of a white picket fence, you know, with uh, yeah. 14 men, uh, sons and 13 daughters, but it's a life going towards heaven. And that is the life. And whatever, however that looks in this particular way, it looked like being separated for almost two consecutive years. You know, but that that is our ticket to heaven. And doing that well... Um, is, is is the life that I promised her and the life that she agreed to share with me. And I, I really do think, like, out of everything that God has taught me and he's been speaking to me and his will, what he wanted to show me, if I had to hang my hat on one thing, because there was a lot, I would have to say that for sure. All right, that was fabulous. I'm doing, um, Julie, my wife and I do marriage prep, and we're actually doing um, a military family right now. And um, Oh, that's awesome. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go back to the podcast, record this, and I'm going to share that with them because you're right. I mean, that gift that we bestow sacramentally on each other in that ceremony, it's the only sacrament that we don't receive from a priest or a deacon or whatnot, but it's given to each other. I love how you articulated that. I want to ask you one more question now because sure. our time just always flies. When we're doing this. And this is, I think, maybe the one your, your sister was saying that I, I asked Pat Eustace a couple of months ago when, um, when we had him on, another, another um, um, uh, reservist. Anyways, I asked him, while you were away, and I'll ask you to while you were down in, in Texas doing what you were doing, defending your country, what was your moment closest to Christ? What was the circumstance where you said, man, and it might not have been a mass, it might have been, it probably wasn't at mass. <laughs> you know, you're there <laughs> frequently, and most times it actually isn't, and shouldn't be. 
How did you encounter Christ in the most profound way while you were on deployment, Connor? Wow. Again, another another good question, and I'll I'll try to keep this short. Can you at this point know I'm long winded? Um, <laughs> but I think it, it would have been um, Good Friday. Uh, good Friday. It was another Easter has always been special to me. My favorite time of the year. My favorite liturgical season. Um, and it was yet another time where liturgically it has been special to me, and I realized that uh, that. I wasn't going to Mass, you know. I hadn't been to Mass in as long as I can remember, and I wasn't going to receive any of the sacraments again. Um, so I took my phone with a spotty internet uh, and uh, played the um, played the penitential chant of the of our brother Catholic, um, the the uh, the Eastern Eastern Rite Catholics of the Byzantines, um, the penitential chant. Uh, my brother Nick, he's Byzantine. He sent, he texted it to me. Hey, listen to this, and it's like an hour long on a loop. <laughs> and I, uh, I brought the, the Bible down there to to the table outside, and I got this cigar because I enjoy a cigar. It helps my face muscles relax. Um, <laughs> Every time I listen to an Eastern penitential chant, I have a cigar in my hand. <laughs> You know, it, 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 it rises your own insects, right? Um, but but I start I start reading the Passion. I'm listening to this chant, and I'm not an emotional man, but I started crying a little bit, and I felt in my heart, "My God, My God, why have you abandoned me?" Wow. Um. And then and then at that moment, I remember the end of the Psalm. The end of the Psalm. Um, it's it's uplifting. It's it's uh, it's 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 triumphant, you know. Um, and and I think you know we're supposed to be like Christ. We're yes. supposed to be called at two saints. Um, this is what I can do right now. This is this is the life that He asks of me. The best I can do is do the best that I can do. Um, and just live as as close as I can to Him and try to image. Him. Mimic him. Like I said, I'm, I, I tried to keep it short, but that that would be the most. That would be the most. This is what I can do right now. The 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 gift that God's given you is the right now. Uh, whatever it is, we're speaking on the phone with you, doing this interview right now, and the best that we can do right now at this moment. I I think it's a beautiful philosophy. I think it's a beautiful summary of. I'm so glad that God has imprinted that upon your heart, and that you were able to share that with us. And the cigar component of it too. That's what I love about 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 you know you know really. I mean, it doesn't have to be this segregation of oh you know this Eastern chant, and we don't we don't have humor, we don't have real life experiences, we don't have to be in the military. Yes, we are. We're we're all of these things, and God calls us to be Christ in all of them. So, thanks for your witness. Thanks for your service. Thanks for the love that you have for your sister. Teresa, and thanks for being with us this morning, Connor. Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me, Deacon, Teresa. Great to talk to you, even if it's, like, publicly. (laughs) We don't think about that part. (laughs) Yeah, that's awesome. All righty. Thank you, Connor. All right. All right. Hey, we'll talk. Get back to the snow. (laughs) All right. All right. Well, God, what a wonderful interview. I'd, 
I'd interview him every time I come on. He's great. <laughs> Beautiful. All right. Well, we're going to take a quick break, and then we will be back with more Real Presence Live. That's great. Thanks. Live, engaging, and local, this is Real Presence Live, where we bring you positive and uplifting stories and share the great things happening in our local area on the Real Presence Radio Network. 